Welcome everybody to Beyond the Shadows. I'm author and ghost story and I'm Mike Ricksecker. We're going to be talking about space, time, and the supernatural tonight. Are we the ghosts? And I totally forgot one of the things that I needed. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, we'll just make do then. <laughs> uh, okay, that figures, right? So let me start off. Of course, we need to do this. This episode of Beyond the Shadows is brought to you by Haunted Road Rose. Helps you hunt ghosts. All right. So uh, thank you, everybody, for the uh, great show we had tonight earlier on Edges of the Rabbit Hole with Dr. Heather Lynn. Uh, we always have a fantastic time that when she, whenever she's on. We always learn so much. Her latest book, The Anunnaki Connection, so make sure to check that out. But um, that's ancient history. Not really, it was like 20 minutes ago, but <laughs> that was talking ancient history. But what's interesting about ancient history, and we start talking about uh, these types of concepts, um, is how time works and their concepts of time and how it works. You know, we have like the whole Maya calendar uh, that uh, was able to track time throughout i mean how did how were they able to do that you know such a massive long count calendar over all of those years and um so i see down in the chat people are finding the show yeah we usually we have been broadcasting this on facebook on the hunter road media uh facebook page but we are bringing it here back home to youtube we used to broadcast it on the hunter road media youtube channel we're now bringing it back here to edge of the rabbit hole and uh you know, keep everything in one place instead of everybody bouncing around all over the place. So great to see everybody. So I need to figure out how in the world I'm going to do this. So, oh, I can use this, I suppose. So one of the concepts that I've talked about, and yes, I'm using one blue light. And we need the blue lights for this show. We got one blue light going on. In any case, I have, I've had a concept for many years now called stacked time theory and the thing that I forgot to bring out here with me was a stack of photographs we usually think of time as the con the concept the term that's always been used is the river of time everything flows in one direction course one of the issues that uh, you know whenever we look at our sci-fi shows and things like that we look at time travel how do we jump out of that river of time Usually it's like some device or machine that we get into and uh, and travel somewhere along this river. But for us now, sci-fi aside, we're stuck in this quote-unquote river of time running in one direction. At least that's what we believe. But for many years, I've always thought of time being differently, that it's never what we thought it was as this river running in one direction. I've always thought maybe it was a little bit different. You know, everything is perhaps occurring concurrently at the same time. Everything from years ago, now, in the future, all at one time. So what I did forget was that stack of photographs to illustrate a point. I do have other videos on uh, the Hunter Road Media YouTube channel on my theories about time. I'll end up linking them in here so you guys can check those out. Um, so I'll end up using something that has photos that has layers is basically what I'm looking for layers so with that stack of photographs imagine those photos are all taking um, different points in time at a location and I don't know how this is going to work because I need something that I can actually pull stuff out of 
I mean, I could rip this, I suppose. Well, I won't do that. Uh, but basically, imagine that this the stack of photos that I was supposed to have, um, each layer represented a different moment of time at that particular location. Like right now, it'd be here in the studio. For you, it's going to be in your home, wherever you're at. And when we experience something, not all supernatural phenomena, but some, that two of these layers, and this is where I'd be pulling out a couple of photos, are somehow echoing and are able to see each other. And then you see an apparition, a ghost, whatever, from another time frame. So a lot of times we'll see an apparition of maybe a, a Victorian lady from the 1800s. And some people have have reported that sometimes that apparition from the 1800s will look at them like they're the ghost. Andrea Perrin has, uh, from the, uh, the farmhouse there in Harrisville, Rhode Island, some of her experiences there reported, one of the accounts was, uh, she and her mother walking into the dining room. There were a couple of gentlemen sitting around the table, apparitions. But they turned to look at Andrea and her mother like they were the ghosts and said, well, will you look at that? So think about this, okay? If you're able to see back into the past like that and they're looking at you, so they're looking into the future. So basically at this, in this room, Multiple points of time are actually happening, but maybe that's the way it is. Everything is happening concurrently at the same time. And some, sometimes, for whatever reason, we're able to access and see those moments. So it's something for a long time that I've called uh, stack time theory. Um, probably been playing around with these ideas for about 15, maybe almost 20 years now. So... Something that was kind of interesting, and I'll get to here in a moment, is I actually encountered this idea again. Just, uh, I think it was just last year when I first encountered it again. Not by my own, uh, not by my own doing. It was kind of happen happenstance. So what I want to do, though, is kind of break down first, because this actually has to do with dimensions and the way time possibly works. But we have to get into dimensions because time, it's a human construct. It's something that we use to describe our experience, but it's actually the fourth dimension. So when we get into dimensions, okay, here we go. Here's Technically, this is four of them here, but the one all the way over on the left is the point, the dot, that's actually dimension zero. Dimension one, the first dimension, is just a line, just a regular line. Uh, there's not a whole lot to it. Uh, dimension number two is a plane. So, I mean, we're showing it as a square. You can think of it like a piece of paper. It's just two-dimensional. It's just what we would call a plane. Then the third dimension is an object. And so there's the depiction here of a, uh, of a 3D cube. That would be uh, something that has three dimensions to it. <laughs> Yeah, oh, a graph, I see that. <laughs> so these are your your basic first set of dimensions. Um, 
there are many theories today that there are 10 or, or more dimensions. We're not going to get into uh, all of those. So we're going to go and get into like the first five. So number four is time, like I was saying. That's us, our experience right now. And the, and the way the dimensions work is that uh, the one that you're in, you can see all the others below it. So, you know, for us, we see 3D objects. We see, we see a plane. We see a line. We see a dot. Above that fifth dimension would see time as its own object. So... Let's get into a few things here when we when we talk about this. So there's our dimensions. Um, the fifth one would be what people are calling a tesseract. So imagine that cube. When we look at dimensions, third dimension is as a cube. And so a tesseract is kind of, I think this is actually heavy-handed, the way we've done this today, um, is to basically put another cube around a cube um i'm not really sure if that's the way it works I, I think with the dimension that you're in you have ideas and concepts of the dimension that's above yours that you can't really see or experience with your own senses um like this three this 3d object here this mug has no concept of time whatsoever right um I guess we do, but most 3D objects, we're spiritual beings, so that kind of really don't count us. But a regular 3D object has no concept of time. We are in the fourth dimension, so we perceive these things very easily, but anything in the fifth, I think we have a hard time really grasping. So our minds... Quarantine goes. Sounds to me like you're questioning the accuracy of the Avengers. I never saw the movie. I, I've heard that they mentioned Tesseract in there. We will get into a movie that talks about the Tesseract. Um, I don't know from that one. I don't know what, how they use it in that movie. Um, but in this concept here, so basically, um, the fifth dimension is encompassing uh, the third. So basically, or actually encompassing the fourth. I'm sorry. So if you were to see time as an object, and the movie that I think does this really well, or at least as far as this particular concept, and Robert Hanna just set it down there in the movie Interstellar. So this is the way Interstellar has shown their idea of a tesseract. So Cooper on the outskirts of a black hole or going into a black hole um, ends up being sucked into the fifth dimension to solve a problem. And uh, that problem is basically to save uh, life on Earth and get some information to his daughter. Um, and so this essentially is every moment in time of his daughter's bedroom. And so here's kind of looking down into one of those moments. So this is the way they've depicted Inside the Tesseract is a basically three-dimensional rendering of every moment in time of a location. So this is basically if you are outside of the river of what we call the river of time, and you're actually able to see these almost like static images, um, and you can pick any moment to be able to interact with. Um, to be able to do something like that is, you know, be able to move in and out of time, 
I think that's something like humans have always wanted to be able to do. Go back in time and, and fix um, some sort of moment that has happened. You know, how do we how do we do that? Well, we're stuck in this, you know, straight flowing thing. We think, we think, um, but are we really? So, again, this is one idea of of the tesseract. Now, I was just talking a little bit ago about stack time theory, and where I previously saw that, or just recently saw that, is this. What in the world is this? This is a um, Hollywoodized version of Albert Einstein's office. So, apparently, I didn't know that for the last 15 or 20 years, I had been playing around with an idea that Albert Einstein already had his space-time theories. Um, he used it to develop the idea of um, general relativ relativity, and this is where I'm going to end up differing with, with Einstein, of course, is because we're using it to examine the supernatural. But let's take a look at what he was doing here. So, we have... This is a, a camera that's on the desk. Um, and with the illustration that they're doing, and this is, um, the name of the show is called Inside, I, Inside Einstein's Mind, uh, which was really interesting. So it got into how he developed the uh, theory of general relativity. And so, but in this moment here, uh, this idea is using a, a camera and taking basically photographs, we were just talking about photographs, of all these different rolls of dice, um, capturing every moment of you know what has happened in this particular spot. And one of the examples that they end up using in this show is, you know, take a, take a movie, instead of watching it from beginning to end, you see it all at once. Just the whole thing stacked on top of each other. And so he says it kind of ends up looking like a, a spaghetti string. And so you can see, okay, these stack of photographs, like I was just talking about, and I really want to kick myself for not remembering the stack of photographs. Um, so this is Einstein looking at, if you were to put all of those together, you would basically end up with these two lines of the dice as they ended up in, in different locations through all of those moments of, of time. But it's not... It's not all in time. It's all, it's all happening at once. So this is, again, kind of a 3D rendering of a five-dimensional concept. Um, so question from Rick Gabbert. Uh, so do the intelligent hauntings know what time period they are in when we encounter them or what? So that's the thing. When they encounter us, like if we end up appearing to them as the ghosts. And again, I don't believe this is is true of every supernatural encounter. Um, I think this is true for some, because I think we have different kinds of um, supernatural encounters. So this is, this is for some of them. Basically, when we encounter an apparition of a ghost that also recognizes us, so like a residual haunt well, a residual haunt, we'd be seeing a playback of something, but it's not necessarily interacting with us. So if we're able to interact with somebody from the, like like I said, maybe the 1800s, and they see us as being in our present day, then you're having some sort of crossing of time there. Um, 
And so I don't think that they're necessarily aware of what time we're from. I think probably by our clothing, they recognize that we are from a different time. Like those apparitions saying to Andrea, well, actually saying to the guy that he was with (laughs) about Andrea um, and Carolyn that uh, will you look at that? You know, noticing that, hey, there's a couple of women here and they look different. Um, A couple of ghosts to them, perhaps. Um, So they're aware in that type of a situation that there's somebody there, somebody different. They may not recognize that it's a different, you know, that some sort of, it's actually like a type, a type of time travel. I don't think I recognize that there's a type of time travel going on. Um, but they do see something. So, uh, but that is a uh, uh, very good question. So, in any case, so Einstein was already on this. So, I'm not like developing anything new here. <laughs> um, but I don't think Einstein thought of this in any sort of supernatural sense in the way it would work with ghosts. I mean, he's trying, he's trying to do physics and, um, a lot of his experiments had to do with the way light traveled. It's all relevant to, you know, what we're talking about with the supernatural realm. I just don't think he thought in those terms. And actually there's, um, a lot of things that he wouldn't have thought of, um, as far as you know, his his theories of, of general relativity and how those um, how how we've been able to use that today for space flight or um, you know the way your your GPS works today I mean it all uses um, those theories and he just wasn't thinking of that back in at that time <clears throat> so. So Robert Hanover, is it just possible that some ghosts don't realize they're dead when they see us, and that's why they think we are the ghosts? Well, um, I mean, like I said, I think it's different for different situations, and they may not actually, they may not actually be dead at some times that we are interacting with these. So when we're interacting with another point in time, and they're seeing us as um, as this point in time, I think what's going on there is um, two moments in time overlapping each other and they're experiencing each, this is why I wish I had the the stack of cards because I could show the overlapping. Again, I'll link to the other videos, but they're actually two moments in time happening at the same time. Again, this isn't, I don't think this is true for every particular case. Um, but when you have that overlapping of time, I think it's true for that. So, you know, they're seeing us in our time. We're seeing them, um, would be another good example. Um, I'll, I think, I'll think of another good example along the way. Um, in quarantine goes, sometimes they're stuck in a sort of time warp. They don't always know what time they're in. Yeah. Time warp, I guess, kind of, or I've used the, the expression echo, um, and so those those vibrations are reverberating against each other, um, that sort of thing. Um, I think there are cases in which you know somebody has passed and they don't realize. Of course, um, that is, and I do have that example here um, of the others. So um, this, this harkens to that a little bit um, as far as. 
I'm not. I don't care about spoilers. The, the movie's over 25 years old. So basically, what ends up happening here is uh, the the family that you think is the living family throughout the whole the whole movie. Uh, they are actually the ghosts, and discover along the way that um, the living people, um, you know, have picked up on them. And um, so, yeah, I do believe that there are times that the um, the ghosts don't realize that they are dead and and we're seeing <laughs> you have to excuse me a little bit there is a lot of mind twisting that goes on here and so yeah there are times in which you know we may be seen as the ghosts and that they didn't realize that they were the ghosts and I think that happens sometimes here where you know, we go to a haunted location and the ghosts that are there don't realize that they're dead. And, you know, they may end up having a moment like in the others where suddenly they realize, oh, you know, we're actually the ghosts. So there is a little bit of that that goes on. So Kathy Salento, is everything as we see it? What is our perception of reality? We can only assume that we what we see is until you have that aha moment uh, thinking this gives me a headache. Well, yeah, and that's why I had to kind of pause for a moment there because it's like, all right, am I about to say this right? And I think I still bumbled it. Um, you know, because you really, it, it does take a lot of trying to get your head around this um, that we could possibly, I mean, I already do believe that we are sharing this. I, I can't see it all, but, you know, I do believe that we are sharing this realm with a lot of spiritual beings that we can't see with our own physical eyes but if we were to like lift what they call that veil then we would be seeing a lot more and if all of this is happening concurrently at the same time then right here in this room i'd be able to see what what is going to be like 50 years from now i'd be able to see you know 100 years ago before this place was built and it was just you know a, a prairie you know all of that stuff you'd be able to see at the same time it would be a lot to take in um, and even, and even back here where they show this, um, oh, I had it right, where they show the continuum like that in these kind of spaghetti lines. Well, that's not exactly, I, I don't think that's exactly true. I mean, you're, you're again, you know, putting it as a 3D object, um, but we're talking about a fourth dimension and what does that physically look like? interstellar we already showed it you know did that as this mishmash i'll show it again this mishmash of all these uh all these rooms and it's i mean you can't you can almost not even see what the heck's going on here i think you can see right in the middle there is the room but off on the side you see these other renderings of, of rooms um as cooper's able to kind of travel through there i mean because of the fact that we're not, you know, we're in, we're in this, <laughs> we're in this. I think it's hard for our minds to kind of put it all together. And so we've come up with this idea of, you know, a three-dimensional box on, on top of a three-dimensional box. And I don't think it's like that. I think it's much different, but this is kind of the best that we can do for now. So, um, 
victorious. So the energy of the spirit never dies. So this would be an echo through time. Yeah, um, I've I've been calling it an echo, and even I have a bit of a hard time dealing with uh, some of these concepts because I do believe in reincarnation. So if we, as our spirit being, go on somewhere else, um, how do we reconcile that? Um, you know, is that do we for that time? go somewhere for a while and then we just don't physically render here in the world for a little while and so could we possibly be if everything is happening concurrently would we be here with other of our lives so and this is this is one i've wrestled with so if all of my past lives are here concurrently because everything is happening here at the same time and i would guess that would be the same for wherever we go to our home or whatever um, if all of my past lives are here, could I then go to some location where I had a past life at and be able to interact with my past self? That would be pretty interesting. So let's say, um, you know, one of my past lives was, um, well, I have, I have some Scottish in me, so, um, Let's say I was in, in Scotland and um, I went over there to a, an old castle where I had had a past life. Would I be able to go to that, that castle today, you know, set up with my equipment and, um, and interact with my past self? That's there now, I guess there now, that people think is a ghost, but it's not really a ghost. It's just because everything is happening at the same time, it's just there. It's there just like everything else is there. And so me in this, again, I wanted that stack of photos. Me in one of these, right, goes and interacts with something on one of these other levels, right? Because it's all there, all happening at the same time. So... Again, it's a little much to wrap your head around, but I, it's kind of interesting to think about. You know, we we um, you know we we talk about these past life uh, regressions and being able to pick up on who we were. So if we learn some information from a past life regression, like oh, I was this guy, um, you know that you know that lived or worked here. Like um, the one that I know for sure, like I had a uh, a vision of a of a past death. Um, and so I, I know that I was in a battle out in a jungle somewhere. So if I was to go find that guy that was in that battle in that jungle, um, you know, before that moment happened, now this would be interesting. If I, if, because I don't know if we'd be able to change anything. I mean, this almost brings into the the question of predestination. Uh, would I be able to go to um, that location in time before the incident happened and said, you know, something like, "Dude, duck." You know, <laughs> you know, you're about to get shot at duck now. Um, it, it's interesting. So um, you talk about layers down there. And um, Robert Hanna sounds like a multiverse kind of theory to me. Actually not. Um, I do have some issues with the multiverse theory. So the multiverse theory is basically that, uh, I mean, you're talking parallel universes, but specifically with and I'm okay with parallel universes but specifically with the multiverse one 
um, from everything that I've read on it so far, and somebody could correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, but everything I've read on it so far, with any decision that you make, it spins off another universe, and therefore, um, here's a different set of circumstances that has now become its own universe. And the reason why I have a problem with that is I think that those who have devised this multiverse idea are thinking of like the big things that happen in your life. Like, you know, you make a decision to move somewhere or to get married or, you know, or, you know, some of these different wars that happen, you know, you'll see parallel universe shows of, you know, what if the Nazis won world war two and stuff like that. And so that's where they kind of come up with like the multiverse stuff. But you know, that's too, it's too broad. It's too generalized. The, because like I said, from what I've read, it's, when you make a decision, it spins off a different universe. Well, I'm about to make a decision here to pick up this mug of coffee and take a sip. That was a decision. So that should have spun off another universe somewhere, and now there's there's another universe out there somewhere that I didn't make that decision to to, uh, to drink that or take that sip, and I'm in this one now where I did take the sip. I mean, we make thousands of decisions every single day thousands of them and there are billions of people in this world so do the math there would be like an infinite number of of universes out there it just it's mind-boggling to even just try to fathom that you'd been every single day there'd be like almost infinite universes spun off every i just no (laughs) no i'm okay with parallel universes on like a limited sort of a scale but not to that degree it doesn't make sense Yes, and uh, Quarantine Ghost, and they'll just spun off a whole new universe. Absolutely. So um, so that's multiverse. Uh, it's multiverse to me. And I retain the right to change my mind. So somebody will have to convince me otherwise. Um, so, and okay, that's the layer stuff from before. And okay, Victoria Monte, the top layer doesn't touch the bottom layer. They're connected yet separate. Um, that's the thing is that they are actually connected. They're all, and I think this really kind of does a, a disservice, um, be, you know, because of the way in our um, in our three D world. So we're taking all of these layers and putting them together, and then coming up with this you know, 3D model, but we're describing something that's actually in four dimensions, looking at it from a fifth dimension. Um, and it's kind of, I guess, maybe the best way that we can do it, but, you know, to, to show it as layers and all this stuff. But the idea is that it's all together. <laughs> it's, it's all together, yet we would be able to have access to all these little moments. And I know this sounds really weird. How can something be all together yet separate at the same time? Um, but that that's what that's basically what we're talking about here. We represent it as that um, because even, I mean, we're talking about not being in a river of time and not being linear and all that. And what do we do is we come up with that, which shows these lines. <laughs> but I don't think it's like that. I think it's all together, like really on top of each other, all around us. Because, okay, um, so if it was still linear like that, right, um, 
then I don't think when I witnessed one of these spirits from 1863 that it would be standing right in front of me. It would be physically like here, but elsewhere. Um, like, would it be above me, you know, to the side? Like, I, I just, I, I think depicting it like that is a little off from from the way it would really be. Um, I think you have to think even further outside the box when you're talking these additional dimensions. So um, the other thing I wanted to show, um, and I've, I've touched on this illustration before, is the Johnny V's illustration. So basically the story, for those of you that don't know the story, uh, during one of my paranormal investigations, um, it did have this interaction that to me really depicted and showed um, a, an interdimensional um maybe out of time uh, moment. <clears throat> and basically what happened was, you know, we're doing an investigation. I know some of you have heard this story many times before, but we're going to do it again. Um, I was walking into the kitchen of this restaurant through the main doors. And this shadow took off right across the room. Just, it was so fast. And it, boom, slammed into this door on the side wall. This door that it blew through was just a little flimsy metal door that, you know, waiters and waitresses carrying food were meant to walk through and just kind of like push through real easily. Very flimsy. You could just tap it and the thing would, you know, swing open. Um, metallic, though. And boom, it hit that. The problem with that is the door didn't move. So you heard a slam into a door that, like, again, like I said, you know, you could just tap with your finger and it would open, and it didn't move. So what in the world happened here? Of course, I called out to the others. Hey, did you guys hear that? They all heard it. Um, you know, I didn't trust them for, you know, a few minutes because I was wondering if they were throwing things out there. But, you know, a couple guys were up in the bar area, and the others were out in the front of the restaurant. I went, you know, walked outside that door looking at the ground. Nothing's there. Nobody threw anything. And even if they did throw something at the door, the door would have moved. But the door didn't move. So... Here's what I believe happened here is that when I walked into that room, I saw this, what I call a shadow person, I believe it was a wisp. It could have been, um, you know, an its plane of existence. I think this was a crossing of two planes of existence going on at the same time. On its plane of existence, maybe it was a full body, I don't know. And it blew right through that door and that door opened. Um, and he went, I say he, uh, he went running right through that door. But on my plane of existence, because he wasn't physical, uh, he didn't he didn't move the door on my plane of existence. It was on his. But sound operates on a different wavelength, and so from his plane of existence, I was able to hear the sound reverberate through into my dimension on my plane of existence. We actually get into a little bit of this on the Alaska Triangle show with the missing Douglas when it disappeared through, many people believe it disappeared through a portal, um, and there were radio transmissions that were picked up. They were garbled, uh, but there were some radio transmissions picked up, and so people do theorize that the radio transmission came through the portal into our realm. Um, that's why we were able to pick them up, but again, sound being able to travel through, but we couldn't see where the Douglas went to because it went into another dimension somewhere. So the question then becomes, 
did it end up going to another place in time? So when it went through that portal, did it go back 500 years and crash? Did it go ahead 500 years and crash? And all we have left are the um, you know are the radio transmissions. So it's kind of interesting, you know, because it could go if if it was a time portal, it could go either way. You know that it could be that when they were searching for it, think about this. If it went through that portal into the past somewhere, they could have been searching where it had already crashed hundreds of years ago and the the wreck would have been buried. Or if the wreck wasn't around at all and it went into the future, then it could be something that shows up years and years down the road and be like, okay, there was a mysterious plane crash here. Where did it come from? It would be the missing Douglas. It's wild stuff to think about. Wild, wild stuff to think about. So, um, <laughs> Atomic Nicholas. Funny how spirits like kitchens and bathrooms. Guess the room they spent a lot of time in. Um, well, I mean, that was a commercial kitchen. So, that particular location, um, you know, if it was somebody from, like, say, the past... You know, was it somebody from when it was an operating restaurant? Was it somebody when it was a dance hall? I don't think the kitchen was there when it was a dance hall. Um, was it somebody from the future if it uh, if it becomes a, a restaurant again? I'm not sure if it's an operating restaurant right now or not. They, they closed down. They had just actually closed down when we investigated there. Um, yeah, they had been closed down for like a couple of weeks or whatever, but they still owned the building and were letting us in there. So I don't know what it's opened up as right now. But would it have been somebody from the future seeing me and darting through? I don't know. Uh, good question. Uh, Robert Hanna, I think it's the same theory that dinosaurs are basically could be walking right through us right now. I mean, that that's an idea. If everything is happening concurrently, yes, there would be dinosaurs walking through our living rooms right now. And we're just not seeing them. So, you know, it, it causes you to question some of the different things that you see. So, you know, for any of these sorts of things, you know, any of these strange sounds that you hear, you know, are they, you know, are you actually hearing the sound of a dinosaur? Um, you know, when people see these different uh, cryptids, you know, out in the woods or, you know, running through your backyard and some of them are really strange and odd looking, you know, is that some creature from, you know, thousands or millions of years ago that, that you're getting a glimpse of? Um, you could even call into question Bigfoot. There are people that believe that, you know, Bigfoot is an interdimensional being or even an alien. And, um, and so is that what we're seeing? Are we seeing an echo of the past of this creature and it, you know, walking through? Um, and, and this is why with some of these different things, I will say sometimes yes, sometimes no. So like with Bigfoot, you know, I think some of them could be possibly interdimensional, but I believe some of them are actually physical in our world right now because, you know, people do find the footprints. They do find um, some of this strange phenomenon that's like, you know, there was a large creature that just walked through here. So they are finding physical evidence of that, but there are some that could actually be, you know, interdimensional and we're, we're crossing planes with it at some point in time and we see it or we hear it. We don't have an explanation for it because it's, 
it's quick, it's there, and then it's gone. And it's like, how do you prove something if it, you're actually seeing something from another point in time? So, um, let's see what else you guys have down here. Victoria, very cool. We've had a lot of echoes in our new house. That would be interesting. Yeah, whenever you move into a new house, you never quite know what you're going to get until you start to settle in a little bit. So, Tammy Heisman. So, I wonder if spirits then are able to go from one plane of existence to another. Um, and they actually had a previous question there. So, the theory is that portals may be like a nail holding all those layers together, going through different layers and then so wonder spirits then are able to go from one plane of existence to another um the trick is of course being able to do it consciously um to be able to um make that decision of you know basically opening a a wormhole or a portal or a stargate to go somewhere um and if we were able to harness a, a technology that could do that could we do it accurately in other words if we were to consciously open up a portal, would we be able to make sure that it goes to, you know, our desired destination? So if we're trying to open a, um, like a wormhole to another uh, solar system, right? Would we be able to make sure that we went to that place now? Um is you're you're talking about messing with the fabric of space and time and you know you already see like nanoseconds of displacement between here and like the top of a mountain right from sea level to the top of a mountain once you get like outside the planet it gets a little bit greater um so there's already differences in time displacement and that's something that einstein was was able to prove with his his theories and gravity and all that so if you're talking about traveling light years in the matter of moments to another solar system would you be able to make sure that okay you head there you go there you're on another planet somewhere you hang out for a little while you want to go back would you be able to get back the same way and end up back here on earth at the same time or if you're gone for an hour like come back and it's only been an hour um, or are you risking a chance that you go through that tunnel you end up on that other planet for a couple hours but when you're there instead of it being 2020 it's actually you know 2037 and then when you take the tunnel back the portal back you end up back here at like 1995 (laughs) Um, how are we able to control that because time and relativity is you know, intermixed in there as well. So there, there might be some issues with that. Um, or even if you're intending to stay here, not necessarily out to another solar system, you're just intending to stay here in or open a portal to another dimension. Can you ensure that you end up back when you come back and you're going to be at the same time as when you left? I, I, I think that when people finally start to figure that technology out, I think they're going to have some problems with that. So, um, so Starlight, if there are portals for the dead, one day will there be portals for the living? Um, well, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily dead or living. I think it's, well, let's put it this way. Um, if everything is happening concurrently, there's not really dead or living anyway right? It's just, um, 
forms of existence. So there would be, um, okay, so how do I want to word this? So if my physical body is here now, but yet my spiritual body goes on for a little while, comes back, reincarnates, there's another physical body of me. Um, so my existence is forever. It just has a different, as Vanessa would say, a different meat sack. Um, so it's it would be a portal for any spiritual being. We'll say that. <laughs> for any spiritual being. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily living or dead. I think it's just for, it, it, it would be something that anybody can use. So like what I was talking about earlier with, with Andrea's experience. So the people that they saw, to them, to Andrea um, and her mother, sure, they would have been dead because it was these were people from the past that they saw. But on the flip side of that, the guys sitting at the table that saw them were looking at people that did not exist yet. So it's not it's not really living or dead. It's just a matter of existence and that you're seeing another point in time for a brief, you know, few seconds or moment or whatever. So Chipper Terry is saying, I prefer YouTube to Facebook shows. Thank you for the feedback. Yeah, I definitely want the feedback on that. Um, you know, the one thing I did like about doing it out on you, on Facebook for a while and then coming back here with it was I was able to upload it in 4K. Um, and if I needed to make any alterations um, to the recording, then I could. Basically, I just ended up putting the same slide right on top. I didn't really change a whole lot. Um, but it would go up on 4K. And... You know, I, I originally made that change um, about a, almost a year ago because YouTube on the Hunter Road Media channel was throwing a fit with you know the longer line live streams and um, you know fighting with the shorter form videos that we had out there. So it took away what was inside the upside down at the time. But we were still having that issue because of Edge of the Rabbit Hole. So we ended up coming up with the Edge of the Rabbit Hole channel that everybody's sitting on right now. And so it's like, well, if we moved everything back to, if we moved everything, the longer form stuff to edge of the rabbit hole, then yeah, why not bring over um, Beyond the Shadows, you know, to this channel, except for the fact that you're getting it in 4K. So when I'm no longer here and have a better internet connection, then we'll have a better stream and better quality anyway. So, and that's just like a couple few months down the road. So Rick Gower, something like Stargate movie. You can think of it like that, kind of like that. Um, when we're talking about like the wormholes to like another uh, planet and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, that's certainly a way to view it. Um, so what did I just see here at Vortals and or Vortices and uh, Portals? I think I missed it. And it just, okay. B3 Aerospace, Vort Vortex stuck you in portals, push you out. Or vortex suck you in portals, push you out. Um, so uh, vortex, okay. Here's the difference between uh, vortex and portals. And actually, if you go to Hundred Media YouTube channel and watch the, um, I just put it out a couple of weeks ago that that breaks down portals, vortices, um, energy lines, ley lines, all that stuff. Um, I try to grab everybody's attention by saying, was Atlantis a giant portal? 
but apparently I think everybody got confused as to what the video was about. Uh, I break down all of the uh, the stuff there. So basically a vortex is a swelling of, of the Earth's energy. It, it starts in the, um, the magnetic core of the Earth or like really any, I guess, planet or what have you. But since we're on Earth, okay, from the Earth, um, a swelling of that energy from, uh, from the Earth's core into a specific area. Sometimes the areas are larger than others. And so... We kind of specifically talked about this for the Alaska Triangle. That's that whole area is a large uh, vortex area that I mean it has its stronger and weaker points throughout, of course. But um, so what the portal does is use that vortex energy to create these openings from from time to time. So the vortex is actually the energy itself. The portal is the doorway using the energy from the portal to create that. So. Um, so that is that. So Rick Gabbard, so would the show Sliders be a good example going from one time period and ending up in a completely different place in time? Yeah, Sliders is a Sliders is a uh, is a show that uh, that went down that route. I haven't seen that one in years. That was what the mid 90s. Um, yeah, so basically they're using you know, it looks like a portal, um, you know, some sort of stargate or whatever and they end up um, in another place in time you know it's um it's a time travel show sort of um it's and and that really time isn't really a good way to put it because they're 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 still stuck in the river of time actually what they're going through there that's more of like parallel universes um so they're using that portal to go from uh one universe to another and they're seeing how things would have played out differently if different decisions were made along the way so that one's playing more of the multiverse but again kind of that generalized thing of um you know the uh they had an episode where the red light and green lights were backwards um i think there was one where the russians won the cold war and just you know stuff like that um so Stuff on like a little bit of a bigger scale, but multiverse again is supposed to be like each individual decision. Um, let's see, Dark on Netflix is time travel. Yeah, this Dark on Netflix is straight up time travel. So, what is this? Is Betty Langie? What is the difference between um, time travel and a portal? So. I mean, a portal again is like a is like a doorway into um, it could be into another dimension or a place in time or, or something like that. So, in order to time travel, I guess this might be a way to use it. So, so time travel is basically just um, the concept of of moving from one point in time to another. So, from like twenty twenty to twenty fifty seven, that's time travel going from A to B. The portal would be the mechanism that you would take to go from point A to point B. So, um, so one is the concept; the other is the actual thing that would you would use to do it. Um, so, Guha saying, uh, YouTube, yes, we don't do Facebook at all. Okay, very cool. Um, P3 Airspace, I like YouTube. Facebook gets crazy for me. Okay, so I guess we'll keep it on YouTube, guys. All right. That settles that. Um, 
So Victoria M, isn't a wormhole just like a tube shoot to another place? I mean, a wormhole... So a wormhole is basically when we talk like... Um, when we're talking things like portals and stuff like that. So basically a wormhole would be like a type of portal. Um, a, a wormhole going to a... Um, yeah, I mean... You, This example, I'm stealing this from Interstellar. So, you have, let me use a piece of paper. You have two points in the universe. I don't know how well you can see it. So, you have a point up here and a point down there. So, you have a long distance. We'll say it's light years to get there from A to B. Okay. Quickest way to get there, and I love, it. I love how they say, you know, just bend space and time. You bend space and time. So you have that. You bend space and time. Do we know how to bend space and time? But you bend space and time. You got that side and that side. Now they're like right next to each other. Boom. And you go through from one to the other. And that's your wormhole. Um... You know, what they did in Interstellar because um, Cooper was surprised to see it as like a sphere. And their point was that, you know, this is this is a circle, right? And in, in three dimensions, a circle is a sphere. So you would be able to use that to get from one point to the other if you could bend space and time. But that's, that's your wormhole, um, which is essentially a type of portal. All right. So what else you guys got down there? I'm liking the questions. You definitely, you guys definitely have some great questions. Um, <laughs> Kathy Salinta, are you really here, Mike, or somewhere else out in the ethers? Um, that is a great question. So I mean, given what we're, what we've been talking about here tonight, everything is happening concurrently. Um, I'll say yes. <laughs> yes, I am really here. And yes, I am out in the ethers. I mean, I guess basically if everything's happening concurrently, then it's weird. It's really weird to think about that you could actually interact with your own self um, at another point in time or even a past self that you could actually interact with. Um, you know, what would you do? I mean, we... We, we've, um, oh, there's there's different movies out there. We've kind of fantasized this as a culture, like going back in time and, um, you know, interacting, you know, with yourself or whatever. I mean, Back to the Future is a, you know, interesting example. Um, he doesn't really interact with himself in the first one. It's the, uh, it's the second one where he sees himself running around and all that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that type of story happens where, you know, you go back in time and there's a, a past form of yourself. And they always make out like, you know, you're going to blow up or whatever if you interact with, with your past self. But I don't think that would really happen. Um, I think you might get a little tripped out or something like that. But, um, you know, that's um, dark, dark deals with that, um, of interacting with, you know, different forms of yourself. So like the, uh, 
in a while. We don't, we don't have to get into too many details because Dark is a newer show, so I don't want to spoil it for those that haven't seen all the episodes yet. Um, which season three should be coming out here pretty soon. They, they wrapped up um, shooting on that a, a while ago now. And so I've seen, because I've followed some of the different uh, producers, and so I've seen like clips of their like Adobe Premiere editing, and it's like, oh my God, it is crazy. It's like, I, I do a lot here with the stuff for Hunter Road Media, and their setup is ridiculous. Um, Victoria, and maybe intuition is just interacting with a self who's come back to visit. Um, I don't know. You know, that that calls into question a lot of different things. Like, there's the whole collective unconscious, right? So these ideas, the idea, and Carl Jung talked about this, the idea that there are... Um, thoughts and ideas in the universe that are, you know, basically rummaging around out there that we kind of um, latch onto and bring down into this world. Because, um, you know, that whole, that whole how in the world did two people from different parts of the world come up with the same idea at the same time, have zero interaction with each other whatsoever, and then boom, there it is you know you saw this happen with like you know when the when the light bulb was invented and, and things like that how in the world um you know it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense but yet it happened you know people thinking of the same thing at the same time or get the idea at the same time and they act upon it and then they end up fighting with each other over what well, was my idea no it was my idea and it's like you both had the idea you just you know <laughs> you just so it makes you wonder then if if everything is just existing all concurrently at the same time, if they're just pulling it from stuff that's just there anyway, it's already there. And they just, for whatever reason, in that moment, they grab it and it happens and they're able to do it. So, um, yeah, good question though. Good question. So let me see if we have any other questions here because we are getting down toward the end of the show. But I hope, I hope some of that. Um, and I'm gonna say it was probably clear as mud, because <laughs> um, I mean a lot of it is very very conceptual um, in trying to think on terms of other dimensions. Um, your head can start to go loopy there uh, for a little bit. And even, you know, while I was going through this and I'm trying to describe different things, it's like, wait a minute, do I have to straighten my head to be able to get it out of my mouth? And there's sometimes where I'm like, hmm, I don't know if I'm saying that quite right. Um, you know, because it's just, you know, some of this is, it seems really off the wall in, in some cases, but there's things that happen in this world that make you look and say, that makes a lot of sense. If this stuff is true, then that makes a lot of sense. Um, Victoria Monday, since Einstein worked with relativity, do you think he got more done because he knew how to bend space and time? Einstein got a lot done because he was actually able to slow himself down. Um, you know, we... It, and he didn't live in our society today. Our society today is rush, 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 rush. But even... Back then, um, you know, he was in a society that was exploding around him. There was so much new technology that was coming out. You know, I mentioned the light bulb earlier. I mean, that was a new invention back in his day. You know, 
light bulb was coming out. You had, you know, radio coming out, telephone coming out, uh, you know, moving pictures, you know, Edison's talking, all these different things were just coming around at his time. So things were blowing up around him. Edison, uh, Einstein uh, went into his, um, if you guys have ever seen the show Sherlock, um, he talks about his thought palace. Um, and that's essentially what Einstein would do is he would go and he would just slow himself down and he would have these um, thought experiments where he would work everything out in his mind and then would come up with the ideas. He would just imagine, okay, if you know if this is true and this is true, is this is true, how would these things react? And there would be times that he would just, you know, close his eyes and just think it out, think it out, think it out. Um, you know, or he'd be kind of like staring off into space. He was a um he was a notorious daydreamer uh, as a child, so it would get him into trouble because he'd just like be staring off into space thinking of stuff. Um, is it, has anybody watched uh, The Current War? It's, it's about uh, Edison and Westinghouse, but Nikola Tesla is in that as well, and they, they kind of show Nikola Tesla doing this sort of thing where... You know, he talks about all these grandiose plans and, you know, they ask him, Edison asked him at one point and then there's a, a, a group of investors that are asking him at one point, you know, well, have have you put this together? Have you developed anything? He's like, no, 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 I got it all worked out in my head. It doesn't matter if I actually build anything physical. I, it's, it's all up here. I got it. You know, because <laughs> he's showing them these plans. He's like, here it all is. And they're asking him, you know, you know, did you build this? And he's like, no, 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 it's, it's all in my head. So... Um, but that's what Einstein would do is he would just slow, just slow himself down and think it out and think it out and think it out. And once he had all of his ideas in place, that's when he would start writing it down. And then, um, he'd get people to do experiments and and all that stuff. So, um, there, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Tesla, um, was awesome. Edison, uh, all those guys, Einstein. Yep. Yep. So, Andrew Cox, Mike, can there ever be a rip in time? So, so that whole idea of a rip in time, I don't know. Um, so, basically, it's like, I guess a rip in time is when um, there's, I guess, access to access to another point in time and those places in time are overflowing. I mean, I guess that's kind of almost like what we're talking about here anyway. Um, and maybe the way that they've worded that as a rip in time, it might be kind of a misnomer. Um, you know, I think it's a crossing of points in time of time space and not necessarily what people would call a tear or a rip or what have you. Cause I mean, basically it's kind of the same effect of what we've been talking about. I think it's just verbiage really, uh, when it comes down to it. So, uh, Betty Lange, Einstein had a think group. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that, uh, a lot of it was just based on thought and, um, he would probably never use the term. Um, like I said earlier, when it, when it came to all of the, um, like space time continuum and all that, I don't think Edison would, or Edison, I don't think Einstein would have ever thought of it in terms of on, you know, the level of ghosts and spirits and all of that. Um, but it's still, a, you know, the same type of concept. And I don't think you would ever use this term, but I think basically what Edison, 
I keep saying Edison now because we brought up Edison. I think what Einstein was doing essentially was his own form of meditation that um, he would just zone out into a meditative state which would open up his mind to all of these different thoughts and ideas and he would be able to to work them out. So I think that's essentially what he was doing. He was actually meditating and uh, and he was able to, to come up with all these fantastic ideas. So, um, yeah. Robert Hanna, would this still be considered a fringe science? Yeah, we were talking about fringe earlier with uh, Dr. Heather Lynn. And so, yeah, <laughs> a lot of this would be pretty fringe. But, you know, it's, what is what is fringe? I mean, when Einstein came up with stuff with his stuff, that was fringe for the time um, because he basically defied stuff that was already put out there by Newton and, and others, you know, that, that came ahead of him. And he's looking at it like, no, this this isn't quite right. You know, if, if I actually sit down here and look at this, you know, it's not quite right. And so for him to come up with these new abstract ideas and, you know, we're talking about space time and relativity and, and all of this stuff. I mean, that was like, you know, blowing people's minds away. So that was fringe at the time. And then with the way he did it, with his, you know, with the way that he would, would think and, and go into his um, his modes of thought, I mean, that was all, that would be considered fringe, right? You know, again, I wouldn't use the word meditation, but that's essentially what he was doing. That would be all very fringe. So basically, if you think about it, he's meditating and getting these ideas and then coming up with the space-time continuum. And, you know, it's like, that's out there, man. It really is. So, all right. So, yeah, it's going to be April Fool's Day tomorrow. If, and if we keep going, it will be, it's going to be April Fool's Day for some of you in about four minutes. So, why don't we go ahead and uh, and wrap it up. Um, Tammy Heisman, Freud did that too. He used substances to dive into his theories, but then he went off the deep end, in my opinion. Um, Victoria M. is... Is it meditating or getting in touch with your high, higher guides? I mean, I'll say this. Isn't it all kind of the same thing? You know, when you talk about meditating, when you talk about talking with your spirit guides, um, Einstein's just, you know, getting into his his thought palace or whatever you want to call it. I, isn't it all basically the same thing? You know, we're all, we're all interacting with a higher level of consciousness. And I think as humans, we just apply different terms to it. Um, I mean, there may be, there may be other beings out there that, you know, he, that, you know, that were telling him different things or passing information along to him. We don't know because we weren't, weren't really there, um, you know, when, when, with Einstein, when this was happening, we weren't in his, in his mind at the time. Um, you know, there's different ideas that this is kind of really going off. Um, you know, when, uh, Washington would, would, George Washington would go off to, you know, to pray and, you know, to kind of, uh, you know, get into his own little thought palace of, um, you know, what to do about the the Revolutionary War and all that stuff where, you know, he was seeing things, you know, he was getting visitations, you know, so were those spirit guys or there was at a higher level of consciousness, you know, was it just, was it all in his head? We don't know. Um, you know, but I think it's, I think it's all kind of the same thing and we're just applying different terms and we're interpreting it as into, you know, we're trying to get, I think we're trying to get a little too specific with it and it's just really just higher consciousness so um all right everybody so yeah yeah i think you guys are looking for another hour <laughs> i see that down there um 
Victoria Monday. I have a thought shanty. Nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. And then Kathy Sinless, thank you for boggling my brain tonight, Mike. Great show. Well, thank you guys for hanging out. I know it's uh, it's about to become midnight in the East for, for many of you. So let's go ahead and wrap it up and get to the shout outs. 